The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your illustrious host, Scott Alexander. Right across the room is the one, the only, the Sasquatch Zilla herself, Tammy, the underdog Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. All righty. So I got an interesting one. I got an interesting one. I can't wait to do it. Woo! Do it. Do it. Do it. This is how you do it. It's Friday night. Oh, please don't. Oh, and the feeling's right. Oh, God damn it, so squeaky. It reminds me of Fran Drescher. You know what? <laughs> I could get worse. I know you can, you damn twat. All right, so today I'm going to be doing a guy by the name of Mark Twitchell. And this is actually linked to the Thursday episode, by the way. Ooh. They're both linked together. You guys will find out why. Let's get into the early life and some career ambitions of good old Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch Twitchell. Don't associate him with Mark, because I'm in love with Mark's brother, Donnie. We all know Donnie Wahlberg, if you're listening. It is my lifelong bucket list dream to meet you. I promise I'm not a psycho, is what Scott says I am. Run. Don't get near I her. I just want to meet you. She's got rabies. Him and Troy Landry from Swamp People. Oh, God. Give me a fucking break. All right. A six foot uh, one tall Mark Andrew Twitchell was born on nineteen uh, in, on July fourth of nineteen seventy nine in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and that's his problem right there. You're from Alberta. Yeah. That's where my oh, ex-wife is he from. Probably that's knows the goddamn problem. Sea. Yep, that's it. That's his problem. You know what? Already guilty before I even read this. Guilty. Shoot him in the head. That's right. Guilty <laughs> that's upon. Guilt by association. I'm telling you, man. Now our Canadian market's gonna be one. This kind of fucking plummet. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, man. I got, I I got a market there. I got friends that are in Canada, and they're actually really good people. I just I see Alberta, and I think God, somebody should run over my ex because just save the world. Oh wait, I know your ex is in Carla Homolka, but still close. <laughs> same thing. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, I think I like Carla Homolka better than I like her. Oh, that says a lot. That's right. Because everybody knows how you feel about Homolka. I would kiss Carla square on the lips and call her sweetheart before Wait. I even want to look at my ex. Well, that because that's really funny because Mom and I were listening to Lucas and Tool, you know, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one time I, I literally said to her, I said, oh, she goes, does he always do this joke around like this with every episode? I said, pretty much. I said, however, I said, if you want to get Scott going on a soapbox... Just say the name Carla Homolka. And so we called you, remember? I remember. said it, and you just went off on a tangent. Well, yeah. Yeah, because I think Homolka <laughs> should be in a prison cell if not executed. That's yeah, just, totally. That's, she's a twat She's a piece wobble. of work, man. And I don't care if she's volunteering with kids and shit like that now. And is living she should different not life. be around children or people. No, I don't think she should. Hmm. I mean, after what she did to her sister. Okay, so let's talk about Marky Mark over here All and right. his funky bunch. Okay, so. Although little is known about the, uh, his childhood, reports indicate he came from a relatively well-adjusted family. Okay, yeah. His, his parents' uh, his parents' information isn't listed, so we couldn't get a lot about his folks. But yeah, I digress. I digress. Um, <laughs> that's from one of my uh, I know your TikTok people that I, I I love this guy, and I can't I never remember what his first his last name is, but he's a great TikToker um, from uh, Louisiana and a really funny man. Does he have the accent? No, no. Originally, I think he's from, like, uh, Illinois or Chicago or something. Oh. 
But he's freaking hilarious. All right. Reports indicated now. Let's okay. Mark spent some of his childhood in uh, in the Midwest of the good old U.S. of A. Damn Canadians coming down here, taking our jobs, being all Canadian, being all Canadian and everything, bacon, <laughs> their ham loving. Call it bacon, people. Call it Canadian bacon when it's just ham. God dang maple syrup, moose drinking suckers. <laughs> moose drinking. <laughs> That's right, man. Have you ever seen a moose up close? Uh, no. Okay, so I got a story, and then I'll go on with Mark here. It just hit me. So when I was still married to the Canadian ex, um, her son flew down here, and we're we're driving back up for Christmas. Okay. And so we're, we we cross over in... Uh, where did we cross? In, in British Columbia. Okay. Um, I can't remember the crossing now, damn it. But anywho, um, it takes you into like uh, Canloops and uh, uh, Cranston and places like that. If, for those of you that are up there on Highway 2. And uh, so we're driving and it's the middle of the night and I look and I go, what the hell is that in the middle of the road? So I slowed way down. It was a moose calf. Oh, that was oh. taller than my truck. Oh. The thing had to stand. And it was that burgundy truck, right? Uh, or that brownish burgundy brown one? one? I think it was my brown one, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was I think it was my brown 4x4. Um, and it was taller than that one. Like, it was wow. tall. And, and was he just staring you down? I don't know. Yeah, he was just standing in the middle like, hey, what's happening? Like, I kind of gave him a wide no, berth. No, he said, what's happening, eh? Eh? He's like, welcome to Canada, eh? I am the welcome moose, eh? Drive slow. Be careful, eh? Okay, bye-bye. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a humongous. That was a calf. Could you imagine what his mama and papa look like? I've seen a few. I've seen a few up close and personal. They wow. Are, what you see in pictures does not give these magnificent Is beasts. it true they kind of moo like cows? No, they, they, they bugle, I think. Oh. I think they bugle. I think. Okay. I've never hunted a moose. Oh. I've hunted everything else but mooses and things like that. Anyway, while he was in the uh, the, the Midwest, he was described as a, a bit of a loner. He liked to kind of hang out okay. by himself. So he's like, I miss the maple leaf, eh? And syrup <laughs> and the Canadian bacon, eh? Like, they have, like, regular bacon, but it's not Because he Canadian. wants to go oot in a boot. And we're going to go oot in a boot. <laughs> eh? We're going to hell. Oh, yeah. He dreamed of making uh, hit Hollywood movies. That's what he wanted to do, be a hit Hollywood movie maker. In order to achieve this, Mark moved back to uh, Canada, because I almost (laughs) said Canada, Canada, and attended the radio and television arts program at the North Alberta Institute of Technology. Okay. A friend from the program, Drew Kensworth. Kenworthy. Is that Kenworthy? That's Kenworthy. Described Mark as a good guy. But one who was largely untrustworthy. Like, he's a good guy, but, like, I wouldn't trust him around my beer because, like, he'll drink that shit. Or spit in it. Or spit in it or masturbate over a dead Ew! body. Ew! Ew! Last, yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Many of us have had experiences with group projects where one member doesn't do their assigned part. Mark was that guy. Yeah. Instead of owning up to his mistakes, he would make up stories or excuses. He was a habitual liar. Oh, so he fits right in with all of our other people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's like, okay, here's what happened, Day. Like, a giant moose came out of the bathroom, eh, and said, hey, you can't, like, help him out and do your part, eh, or I'm going to, like, mooseify you, eh? And he's like, okay, eh, oh. just chill out, eh? I'm just going to, like, have a beer, eh? It's cool. Have a kokanee. Eh? 
So dumb. Well, there goes our whole Canadian market. There, yeah. I managed right to down do the shitter. Yep, I destroyed that one. <laughs> in spite of this, Mark successfully graduated in 2000. A year later, he married Megan Castrella. Okay. Not going to argue with that last name? Good. No, I think it's probably Castorella, but okay. Okay. Castorella, Cinderella, my fella. I don't care. Castration what? <laughs> Damn. Look, what kinky stuff that happens between you and my son I am going business. to murder you, Why and I'm out- saying it on the air so I everybody you? knows. Because you and my son have a love affair going on? Hey, I don't care. You guys book you on. It's not love. It's just pure just taking her to pound town, huh? Oh, my God. I hate you. All right. Anywho, Megan was from the United States, and on January 4th of 2001, uh, and shortly after, moved to Illinois. But okay. the marriage didn't last as they were divorced in 2004. Oh, so kind of as, kind of as quick as yours, huh? Yeah, kind of, yeah. And, yeah. of course, Marky Mark there, he moved right back to Canada to pursue a career in filmmaking. He held a series of odd jobs, first as a paper com- first at a paper company, and then selling alarm and security systems. Hey, I used to do that. It's alarming. I used to work for an ADT uh, dealer. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've uh, called many drug dealers. Does that count? The same, same? No. The same, same. So, then he married Jess Twitchell. Oh, forgot the T. In, ja- uh, in January of 2007, they met on a dating site called, ready? Everybody knows this one. Plenty of fish. That's where you met three and a half, right? I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. It was something like that. I can't remember. It was uh, short-lived because she was a midget. <laughs> you never didn't have big any big conversations. <laughs> you know what? Like I said, there are times when I say things to you, and as the words are coming out of my mouth and I can't stop them, I realize this is not what I should be saying. She was short-tempered. <laughs> Let's not talk about the time we went to Home Depot and you turned everything <laughs> dirty. <laughs> that was epic, Dad. <laughs> anyway, on days had plenty of fish and moved into a modest home in St. Albert. So Mark and Jess had one daughter, and her name was Chloe, who was Aww. born in 2008. Aww. I like little... I'm not going to say that. that I know, sound that sounded right. disgusting. Little girls are the sweetest... Of them all, like serious, like occasionally you find some that are bitchy, but they're just so sweet. I know because usually they have the nice. big doe eyes with the right. thick lashes, and yeah. So what I mean is, I like little girls, but I don't like like little girls in yeah. that weird way. Like they're just like adorable. Like like my, na- my 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 neighbor's little girl. Like, I know. Like I, they get on my nerves. Yeah, you don't like children. So my, I mean, you've always said that you like my nephew. Yeah, your nephew is freaking hilarious. I can I can do magic tricks on, uh, in front of him real fast. I just got to get him to laugh. He's got those squinty eyes. And as soon as he laughs, his eyes close. He can't see what I'm doing. He was so cute. We were walking around the mall to keep him occupied while we were waiting to go to dinner. And he just, I mean, it's like I'm walking along and he just has a hold of my pinky just falling along with me. And I said, where's the Lego store? And he looked at me like I was stupid, like. Either you don't know or I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So check this out. Their marriage was plagued with problems. Just just thought Mark that was cheating on her. Their divorce would be finalized in December of 2010. Damn, that is as quick as you. That's fast, man. Damn. You could time that marriage with a stopwatch. 2007, Mark directed Star Wars Secret of the Rebellion, which is a full-length fan-made film, which is set a few days prior to Star Wars Episode Four: The A New Hope. 
Yeah, that was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Oh, no shit. Cool. Uh-huh. Jeremy Bullock, who played the original Bubba Fett, had a oh. small cameo. Wow, cool. He got oh. an actual film star. Cool. The film, uh, the film was shot at his alma mater, Nate, which is the National Art Institute. Tech- Northern you- Alberta That's Institute of Technology. That's from Canada. I forget what the hell it is. Yeah. Marky's local talent, uh, as his former instructor, Chris Durham, le- uh, later said, quote, he transformed our news studio. <clears throat> uh, there, there were sewing machines. That makes no sense. There were sewing machines, woodworking, and it was just impressive. He turned it into oh, I got where you. they, sorry. yeah. I thought that finished went, the whole fucking. I thought that was the end of it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" No, he turned everything. He made the studio basically like a production set into a full set. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Actually, that's god dang. Mark was known for making incredibly detailed replica costumes. The film created a lot of buzz with the fans online, but has never been released. Oh, that's too bad, because I'd like to see it. Like, me too. Like he, I, I know he's on our, our show for a reason, but still, I would like to see that shit. Well, and I kind of like the fan-made films with, like, Star Wars, because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Can I get one of my coffee bitches to get me a cup of coffee? Do appreciate it. Sorry, I just... Everybody's doing their own thing, and I'm Coffee doing mine. Coffee bitches. And you notice who stood up first. Yep. He's my favorite, man. He's your favorite bitch? My favorite <laughs> coffee bitch. All right. In September 2008, a short, uh, he shot a horror film titled House of Cards in a garage he rented in Edmonton. You know what? I would like to see that because you and I are huge horror fans. Oh, yeah. Well, the script was loosely based on the American TV show Dexter. Oh. So I want you to keep that in mind because this all ties in to Thursday. Okay. In the show, the main character, Dexter Morgan, a forensic technician uh, working in the Miami Metro Police Department as a blood splatter specialist. Spatter. That's what I said. You said splatter. I did. Oh, whatever. It's spatter, splatter. Same fucking thing. Same, same. No, it's same, not. It's up here. Same, same. No, it's not. That's not. No, no. That's same, same. Go away. <laughs> Dexter moonlights as a vigilante serial killer targeting murderers whom he feels were not adequately punished by the justice yeah, he system. He also targeted child molesters and drug, drug dealers. dealers. Yep, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a huge Dexter fan. Yeah, I like that. That, that was a good show. Yeah. <clears throat> Chris Heward de- uh, described to the TV show 48 Hours, how he responded to an ad for an audition for House of Cards, and he was cast on the spot without reading any lines as the victim, uh, as the victim, his was alarmed. That makes no sense. No, that's, that it says. He was, yeah, he was cast as the victim. victim, right. And he was alarmed. That's supposed to say he and not his, that's why. Yeah. God damn it. I got it, go away. You did it wrong again, but that's okay. You okay, anyway. put it in the wrong spot. That's I will fix pointed. it. Anyway, hey. Okay, anyway, whatever. As a victim, he was alarmed uh, and realized all of the weapons were... Uh, what are you doing? I'm fixing it. There. We're pausing while she fixes shit, and it keeps changing on my screen. There you go. Now you have a blue line under at and realize. Ha. Huh. No, it's that he... Uh, alarmed... When and he that makes more sense. There you go. Yeah, I gotta correct your that's, researcher's vernacular. God damn. Yes, Jake, that's a real word. 
He was alarmed when he realized all of the weapons for filming were real and that there was no dummy. Oh, wow. Chris demanded there was a dummy and helped fashion one out of an old couch and a T-shirt. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with the sickness. Um, then there was no fake blood. Wow. The scene called for a lot of blood. Chris had to teach him how to make fake blood. Which is actually out of caro syrup and food dye. Yeah, that, that I knew. Unless you're in Psycho, then it's chocolate syrup. Yeah, no, yeah, that works. While running through the scene, Mark uh, directed the other actor to really go for it. Stab him hard. Chris is lying there tied up and regretting not having brought anyone with him. Uh, how the garage is all blacked out, no one would, uh, would see anything. The other man looked like he might actually go for it and thinking he has gotten, he has got to get the hell out of there. Like he's like, wow. adios, bichachos. I got to leave because this psycho is yeah. going to really freaking kill me. Trust me, this won't hurt me a bit. <laughs> In October 2008, John, quote, Johnny, Brian Altinger, yep. a 38-year-old oil field uh, equipment manufacturer, uh, Started interacting with a woman on the dating site, Plenty of Fish. Okay. Hmm. I see a pattern. Okay, keep going. I'm scrolling up for a second. Go ahead. On October 10th, Johnny told a friend he was going to meet this woman named Jen in person. Okay. As we know, those we meet on the internet aren't always who they claim to be. Yeah, I know. It was... It was too late when Johnny learned the woman he had been cheating or chatting. Chatting, sorry, chatting with was actually Mark Twitchell. Ta-da! Venus with a wow. penis. He's a Venus with a penis. And he had been lured to a kill room set up in a garage. Mark had been using uh, as a film studio. Wow, dude. You know, that didn't quite happen to a, a professional football player, but he was catfished by somebody in Hawaii. Thank you. From the island of Omanawalea? No, dude. I, oh, yeah, I don't want to. Anywho, Mark had been, uh, like I said, lured in, and Mark used a pipe to strike Johnny over the head. Wow. Stabbed him multiple times, dismembered, and then partially burned his body. Wow. His remains were dumped in the garage in, in garbage bags uh, and then into the, the storm sewer. Johnny's friend became alarmed when they received emails alleging from Johnny claiming Jen had taken him on a long vacation to Costa Rica. Yeah, why would he go on a long vacation when he just fucking met her? And plus, maybe he doesn't have a fucking passport. You need a passport for that shit. Oh, yeah, that's true. And he wouldn't be back until December 10th. A phone number where he could be reached would follow later. But in the meantime, he would check his emails periodically. Wow. A resignation letter was sent to his work via email, but there was no response to the request for a forwarding address in order to send his final paycheck. Wow. When his work failed to receive a response, Johnny's friend broke into his condo where he found his passport. Uh -oh. oh, so he has a passport. It's just not with him. Yeah. Some dirty dishes and no evidence whatsoever of any packing have had occurred. Wow. The Edmonton Police Service quickly launched a homicide investigation. I think he's dead, eh? Wow. Get a moose on the loose with a caboose. <laughs> the first lead was uh, the directions Johnny had been provided with, with 
and he forwarded to his friends before leaving to meet her. Oh, that's Jen. smart, actually. Right. That's a, that's a good job. Those yeah. directions led them straight to Mark's garage. Garage. Wow. That's right. Mark claimed to have met Johnny before he left for Costa Rica. It was at that time Johnny sold his uh, Mazda 6 to Mark for 40 Canadian dollars, which is about 31 bucks. Okay. Because that was all he had on him at the time. Yeah, like somebody's going to fucking sell a car for 40 bucks. I would. Yeah. I mean, not my car. I'd sell the neighbor's cars for that. Dude, I but would no. too right now. Yeah, because they're all garbage. And, and taking up my spot. Yeah, fucking assholes. The police found his uh, incredulous story to be a little too incredulous and impounded his laptop and his car. Like, we're taking this with us, eh? Because we want to watch porn. (laughs) Eh? Blood splatter was found on the garage door. Mark claimed it was from filming House of Cards, although when investigators asked Chris how much blood splatter was there after filming the scene, he replied... I am going insane right now because it's supposed to be spatter. Okay, go ahead. Whatever. None. He said none. There's none, eh? Like, we cleaned it all up, eh? Like, wow. we used bleach and everything, eh? There were plastic sheets covering the garage uh, window. Wow. What now? Straight out of Dexter. Yeah, oh. totally. <laughs> a table with blood spatter. You happy that I said yeah. spatter? says splatter because it says splatter on it? All right. A burn barrel and cleaning supplies laid out. Johnny's blood was found in the trunk. Wow. Also found in the car was a knife with blood on the blade. Uh, and the sheath. Wow. Johnny's remains would not be f- uh, located until later. Well, of course. They didn't say they found it now. So even if right. it's five minutes later, it's later. Mark was arrested on October 31st, Halloween. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. parents' house and charged with first-degree murder the same day. We charged you with first-degree murder. And he hey. said, damn it, you got me, eh? <laughs> I thought that it was a moose on the loose with a caboose, but you got me, eh? <laughs> <clears throat> there was massive amounts of media coverage of the case, which created an extensive debate within and, within and outside the courtroom. Observers debated whether the media should report the more sensational details of the murder. Prior to the beginning of the trial, prosecutors and defense sought publicly uh, ban. Publicity, I'm sorry, publicity bans and the sealing of the police evidence to avoid the jury from hearing details uh, pre-trial from the media, which okay. makes sense. Uh, yeah, but let's pause for just a minute here because the fucking public was outraged when they did that same thing with the Homolka Bernardo trial. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they threw a temper tantrum. Yeah. You gonna stop talking now that I'm chewing on some bacon? Uh, well, you know, you do it to me. I do, but no, it because I remember going through that. Is they threw a fit because there was a gag order on the media during that trial? Yeah, there was. And now they're trying to say it should have been there for this trial. Well, the media fought, and we're talking oh. pre-trial. The media fought the application, but the judge agreed to the sealing of the evidence. Uh. And the publication ban and uh, stating... Thank you. He meant it's supposed to be ban stating that Anne shouldn't be there. Oh. But there, I fixed it. There go. Stating, quote, there's a real risk that pre-trial... You moved it. I did, sorry. I didn't fix another typo. 
There's a real risk that pretrial publicity will undermine the accused constitutionally protected right to a fair trial. Which I, I can kind of yeah. see, yeah, because that's been brought up in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can totally see that. Hold on. I have to take a sip of coffee and swallow bacon. Well, you know. I know. I mean, because I kind of get it. Because when I was called for jury duty on that federal trial that I really wanted to be on, mm-hmm. I've never wanted a jury duty so bad in my life. Um, they were adamant that we not look anything <clears throat> up before we went to the thingy. That makes sense. Yeah. The jury poll uh, then was questioned regarding whether they were influenced by any media coverage prior to the execution of the media ban. Well, if you want to be on that jury... You're going to say no. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, fuck. When the bans were lifted, the media came out in droves. Oh, yeah. Including the show's Dateline NBC and 48 Hours from America. Wow. We're American. Those episodes. The biggest piece of evidence at Mark's trial was a document discovered from his laptop entitled SK Confessions. Oh, of course he's going to label it. Yeah. What a dumbass. Which, of course, stands for Serial Killer Confessions. Yeah. The file had been deleted, but was still able to be recovered. Yeah, because nothing's gone. Right. The document states with the following passages. It starts with the following passages. This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. Cops. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah. This is the story of my progression into (laughs) becoming a serial killer. That, story, that sentence is actually written twice, so. Oh, you're right. <laughs> like someone just starting out a new skill. I had a bit of a trial and error in the beginning of my misadventures. Allow me to start from the beginning, and I think you'll see what I mean. Wow. I don't remember the exact time and place it was that I decided to become a serial killer, but I remember the sensation that hit me when I committed... Uh, when I committed it, when I committed wow. to the decision, it was a rush of pure euphoria. I felt lighter, less stressed, if you will, uh, if you will, at the freedom of my prospect. Of the, of the. Sorry. Anyway, read this shit online. God damn it. Yeah. There was something about urgently exploring. You happy with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. My dark side. That greatly appealed to me. And I'm such a methodical planner and thinker. The very challenge itself was enticing to behold. Wow. This relaxation was just the last in a series of new discoveries I made about myself. I just knew I was different somehow from the rest of humanity. I feel so much, I I feel no such emotions as empathy or sympathy towards others, for example. Oh, so he's got that factor X that BTK talks about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The document continues uh, to describe his failed first attempt at luring a man to his garage using a fake dating profile, and then his successful second attempt. Also described was the process used to dismember the body and dispose of the remains. You know what? Nothing like laying it all out there. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's cut and dry. Make that case easy. Yeah. This 
This included the attempt at burning the body in a barrel and the following passage about playing with the skull. I'm going to throw up. Quote, I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. So he made him look like Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. (laughs) I kill you. Silence. Infidel. I kill you. Infidels. Mark also wrote about cutting open the torso and watching the organs slowly collapse, Mm. writing, quote, If I had a sense of smell, this might be disgusting for me, but I only find it fascinating. Wow. Mark testified at his trial he admitted to killing Johnny, but claimed it was in self-defense. You retard. You wrote about it. Yeah. No shit, yo. He had lured him there as a prank and to create publicity for his movie. When Johnny discovered it was a prank, he attacked Mark. It was in self-defense. Mark stabbed him in the heart. Then he panicked, cut cut up the body and dumped it. Yeah, because that's what everybody does. Well, of course, that's that's what I do every day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the gardeners, you know, in I your go, boning ah. room. In my boning room, the gardener surprises me, so you know I have to kill him and cut up his body. In your boning room. In my boning room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to invite your mom over to my boning room. As a further attempt to convince the jury you. of the story, Mark revealed where Johnny's remains were located. He did admit to writing the document found on his computer but claimed the paper was a piece of fiction and was not a diary as the prosecution wanted them to believe. He had written it as if he had committed the crime deliberately as a means to create a better story. This was a smart strategy, by the way. Mm, Yeah, it kind of is. As the overwhelming amount of evidence discovered left no doubt he committed the murder. The argument was that the paper was written after the fact, thus not evidence of premeditation. Oh, yeah, you know, that is a kind of a smart strategy. Very smart. I, I admire that. At least, at least mm-hmm. he's creative. I like that. Yeah. I like the creativeness. He's not a basic bitch. No, I mean, kind of like fucking writing about it was, but whatever. No, no, I, li- I like his strategy, though. Mark's personal identification as uh, fascination with the character of Dexter Morgan was repeatedly brought up at trial including his Facebook page where he claimed to be Dexter Morgan. Of course he does. Another document discovered on Mark's laptop, which was not entered into evidence, was titled A Profile of a Psychopath. This document was uh, is a detailed self-analysis of personality and behavior. It should be noted that the family and friends sided with the prosecution. Uh-huh. Also testifying was... What the hell? Giles? Yeah. Tetralt. Okay, thank you. Giles Tetralt, because I can't pronounce that shit. Who had also answered an online dating ad from a woman named Sheena. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, hey, man, my gosh. I, no, I see, a new, Sheena. I see a new character. Oh, totally, man. I tell you what, I look for a man on Plenty of Fish, and I'm up here in Canada, and I'm only like one of the five black people in Canada. I'm easy to find, trust me. I know. I'm the only woman. <laughs> There's only two women in all of Canada. I'm here in Alberta, and the other one is, like, in Toronto. A. A. 
On October 3rd of 2008, Sheena directed him to drive to, to a garage. She had refused to send him actual physical address and instead gave him detailed directions on how to get there, which included an old couch next to the fence, presumably the same couch Chris used the cushions to fashion a dummy out of. Okay. You know, you would think that would have raised some red flags. Like, yeah. Um, you know what, Sheena? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, no shit, yo. No shit, Sheena. <laughs> eh? <laughs> oh, I had to sip my coffee. Yeah. Are you <clears throat> done? Dead air? Uh, sorry. God damn. I have some... When he went inside, he was attacked by a tall man wielding a stun baton and wearing a black and gold painted hockey mask. Oh my gosh, Jason Voorhees! Yeah. But like, but like disco style. <laughs> so it's, it's, instead of a ch ch ch, it's ch 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 ch. Staying alive, staying no, alive. Ah ah. Yep, there you go. Oh my God, it's Jason! I'm disco Jason, bitch. Did you not see the ball on the ceiling in the lights? Yeah, the strobe. <laughs> Giles recalls he was ordered to the uh, on the ground at gunpoint, and quote, and he tore a piece of tape and he covered my eyes with it, and I started hearing different things. Probably staying alive. Right. My head just, uh, it, it, my head is just racing like it. It was like thinking, what's going on? Man, I smoked way too much weed for this. What's that? What, what am I going to do? Is he taking another weapon out? Oh, no. That's his penis. That's oh what that God. is. Oh, it doesn't say that. I'm sorry. No. Giles realized he couldn't wait to, uh, to see what happened and had to get out of there. <clears throat> he ripped the tape off of his eyes and grabbed the gun. That's when he discovered the gun was made out of plastic. Oh, of course it was. Oh, well, good for you, man. A violent struggle ensued, but Giles managed to get away. He thought it was a botched burglary attempt, was embarrassed by the whole thing, and didn't report it to the police. Like, he took his penis out. I can't tell the cops about that. He, like, he mushroom stamped me, eh? You're so bad. He came forward after the police, uh, a police conference where a picture of a black and gold mask was shown. Asking for any potential victims to come forward. I did come forward a little bit. It was a little exciting, and now my girlfriend has oh to my wear this gosh. all the time. <laughs> the cruise. This was crucial in proving the document was not fictional. Wow. Oh, Marky Mark here, Mark Twitchell, was. I'm going to fix it, so. Don't thank you. Convicted of first degree murder on oh. April 12th, of 2011, and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Obviously. I mean, of course he was, because, you know, Canada's like going to fucking parole fucking killers. And th that's what, get, like, we found this with Cheetah Inc. Um, you oh, know, th yeah. They're like, we won't extradite him to America to stand trial because, because you guys you have, have the death, death penalty. penalty. Yes. So we're going to keep him up here until they finally got their way and got him down here. It's like, Canada, look, man. Okay, I'm going to be straight up about Canada. I like Canada. I like them a lot. Because I'll tell you what, as much as I bet you about, like, Calgary and Alberta, it is a very clean country. Like, seriously. Like, right. My ex took me to the hood of Calgary. The straight right. up, straight out of Compton hood. There, I saw one piece of garbage on the ground. That was it. No, straight out of O-Town. <laughs> and there's, there's, there was, like, no graffiti. Wow. It was it was run down apartments and houses. You can tell people were like, you know, 
like indigent. Right. But very, 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 very fucking clean. And I, I, I do. I, I love it up there. It's, it's fantastic, except that, you know, I don't want to be anywhere near that twat. But wow. um, anyway. So, no, quick question for you, because this talks about Sask- Saskatchewan. Oh, no, no I, I, remember, I remember where I was going with this. My problem with Canada is, A, did you know if somebody breaks into your house that you do not have a right to defend your home? No way. You cannot. You don't hit him with a baseball See, bat. You I always tell people them. if you're going to fuck, if somebody breaks into your home, you know, make sure the body falls inside. If not, drag it in. Yeah, you can't do that in Canada. So the rule up there with the house up there is if somebody ever broke in and they can get past the giant Tibetan Mastiffs <laughs> and I kill somebody, that person would disappear because there's plenty of there's plenty of forest land. I mean, tons, 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 tons. So, no, but I, I do have a quick question about Canada because, you know, okay. Saskatchewan. Isn't that in the east part of Canada? Um, so it goes um, British Columbia. Right. Then it goes Alberta. Mm-hmm. Then Saskatchewan. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I was watching so the like TV the show the other day when Ish. they said, oh, that's out of British Columbia or, you know, right there by it, Saskatchewan. I said, those are two opposite sides of Canada. Uh, yeah, you're, they're, they're missing all of Alberta. That yeah. separates them. All right. Mark Twitson was convicted. Okay, there we go. He currently resides at Saskatchewan Federal Penitentiary, a medium security prison. Of course. He will be eligible per- for parole in 2036. Wow. So following his conviction, Mark attempted to use the uh, extensive media coverage for his case as grounds for an appeal. Yeah. His argument was that, quote, the media attention surrounding my case was so extensive, so blatant, and so overtly sensationalized that it's unreasonable to expect any unsequestered jury to have remained uninfluenced by it, regardless of the judge's instructions in, in, in the charge. Yeah. He abandoned all attempts for his appeal in 2012. He's like, fuck it. I'm just done. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. In December 2012, Michael C. Hall, the actor who played Dexter Morgan, yeah, was interviewed him. by... Gian Gomeshi. Thank you. Yeah. On the Canadian radio show, Q. Okay. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) I know, right? Michael does not believe this show glamorized serial killers saying, quote, I would hope that people's appreciation was more than some sort of uh, fetishization with the kill scenes. Not me. I masturbated to it all the time. I know you did. In response to Mark Twitchell, he said... I wouldn't stop making Dexter because someone was fascinated by, by it only in that way. I try to tell myself that, that they're supposed to be they yeah. are. No, that they're fixated nature. Oh, I gotcha. That their fixated nature would have done it one way or another. But it seems that Dexter had something to do with it. It's horrifying. Well, I can understand his reason for that. Yeah, me too. Because I, honestly, I love Dexter Morgan as a character. Yeah. All right, got a few more things, and we're going to wrap this motherfucker up and move on. In May of 2013, Mark uh, bought a TV for his cell and caught up on every episode of Dexter. He oh, had, of course. Uh, that he had missed since his arrest. That means he's got a streaming service. Well, you know, can't let a little thing like prison keep you from watching your favorite show. That's right. <laughs> Damn. That's cruel and unusual punishment. It is right there. Ridiculous, man. It's clear if Johnny hadn't sent the directions to his friends, it would have taken longer to catch Mark, during which time 
he would have more than likely would have had more victims. Mark had as many characteristics of a psychopath, had many characteristics of a psychopath. In his a own sociopath, but... Oh, whatever. I, no, I, I disagree with that statement. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's psychopathic, yeah, but okay. Yeah, because sociopaths are made, psychopaths are born, and it appears that he was born this way. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of where I was going yeah. with it. That's why I went... Anyway, in his own words, quote, There would appear I am... Unique. No, I'm... This doesn't make sense. There would appear I am unique in the world. There yeah. is no key, no root cause. It is... What it is, and I am what I am. So I'm he's by basically the saying man. that he is unique in his nature, and there is no like, there's no reason for it. Right, we go into root cause all the yeah, time, and, and but catalysts. He is and, not unique in this world. No, he's not. He is just like every other motherfucking fetish killer we have seen. Oh, totally. You know, you know. Inclusion. Mark is a narcissistic. It says sociopath. I'm thinking was yeah. psychopath, um, who was only beginning his path of murder when he was caught. And I agree with that, with the exception he was a psychopath and well, not a sociopath. Yeah, and the only reason, I mean, and I know that because you and I have done extensive, like, research and, like, comparisons on the two. Because mm -hmm. remember when we did Pandrum, I had to know the difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, because, I mean, not everybody has dug into it like we have. You ever feel like you're a dog? I'm over here with, like, a little pile of bacon. I'm on bacon treats. Bacon, bacon, bacon. I smell bacon. <laughs> no, I never feel like I'm a dog. I felt bad when I left my puppy today. I missed him so much. You said the same thing about Jake. Anyway, he's an email. No, I have not. At Brutal Nation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website. www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at Brutal Nation, and we'll pop right up. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.